We're pleased to start things off on Tuesday morning with Governor Ned Lamont, who joins us for the first time this year. And it's the first time we talked to the governor since he turned the big 7-0. Governor, good morning. How'd you spend your 70th birthday? Hey, Wayne, don't rub it in. I, um, hey, I survived it. I had, a, I had a glass of wine and I watched the Yukon Huskies win on TV. I'm a pretty wild guy. Hey, on your 71st birthday, listen to him on the radio, but that's another story altogether. All right. And then yesterday, Martin Luther King Day, the holiday on his actual birthday. Tell me what you did yesterday to commemorate the birthday of the great Dr. King. Well, at the state capitol, um, we, had a, um, we had a service that commemorates the legacy of Martin Luther King. And I just tried to remind people it's not simply about remembering his le- legacy, but it's also a day of action, a day of service. I urge, uh, you know, students uh, next year, I don't like to make sure that everybody does something for somebody else, be it maybe help out somebody in the nursing home, some, maybe at a, uh, you know, a, a food distribution place. Do what we can to help out. Make it a day of service. Amen to that. I'd like to also flash back to the first couple of days of 2024. The first baby of the new year at Hartford Hospital, Baby Gatewood, was born at 12.06 a.m. on January 1st, and you got involved in that. Tell me what you presented, Baby Gatewood. Well, if memory serves, uh, uh, that baby was the first eligible for the baby bond. Am I on the right track here, Wayne? Yeah, that's where I was leading into, but you gave that baby a made-in-Connecticut onesie. What is a made-in-Connecticut onesie? Well, we're just uh, always thinking, I want this to be the most family-friendly state in the country. I thought that was one more way to set, send the message. But the baby bond is important. Also, uh, that baby has $3,200 put into account for um, themselves. And somewhere between the ages of 18 and 30, they can cash in that bond, which would be worth uh, five times more at that point. And they can use that for down payment on a home help with their college education, help with starting a business. There's no one more reason to stay in Connecticut, get educated in Connecticut, and turn 18 in Connecticut. Now, this program was launched on July 1st in 2023, but you're having a press conference in Danbury later today with the state treasurer, Eric Russell. What's the new information coming out today? Uh, the new information is because of the snowstorm, I'm going to put off that uh, event in Danbury. But basically, uh, we're going to do that within a week or so, Wayne. I really just want to remind people, Connecticut is the first in the nation to have a statewide uh, baby bond. And it's a way of giving uh, kids who were born in the poverty, you know, a really sense of uh, hope and direction. You know, stay true in education, and uh, at the age of 18 or soon thereafter, you're going to be eligible to make a down payment on a house or a business or your education. Well, good update, including the fact that today's event in Danbury is being put off by the snow. Access Health CT open enrollment expired at midnight last night. What's the message you have for those who did sign up? And what's the message for those who did not sign up? Uh, The message to those who uh, signed up uh, on Access Health is you're really smart because it is the most affordable health care really in the country. And for those uh, families earning less than $50,000, we have a program called Covered Connecticut where there's free health insurance and no out-of-pocket cost to you. And uh, from there up to 100000 or so, severe real discounts in terms of health care costs. 
you know, Sean Scale and I are doing everything we can to reduce the high cost of health care in the state. And covering Connecticut is a good way to start. Governor, you spent a lot of time in eastern Connecticut last week with the flooding down there on the Fitchville Pond Dam. For starters, tell me what you saw. Tell me what your experience was seeing what was going on down there. Look, uh, that that dam was originally built in 1840. Uh, fortunately, they renovated it in 1880. And uh, uh, people were smart, uh, given the heavy um, rains. Uh, they saw the swelling in the Yannick River, and uh, they saw some leaks. So we got there very quickly, and Public Works and um, DEEP were there to reinforce that dam. But it reminds you there's not a lot of margin for error. And if one of these dams are burst, you really could have had severe damage, including an electric substation uh, downriver from there. And uh, Katie Dykes and the DEEP team were busy. We got 4,000 of these uh, dams in the state. We're inspecting them and stay ahead of this because... These extreme weather events are getting uh, more frequent. Yeah, 4,000 privately owned dams is what I heard. That's a lot. And uh, this one, they knew there were some issues with, and they weren't addressed, and so problems resulted. But you got some help from the federal government and FEMA. Tell me about that. Uh, the help from the federal government is, look, if there's a, um, a, a dam break or something severe, the feds are going to come in. They're going to provide us the resources we need to... Um, you know, make sure we can get the repairs and get everything back. Similar to what that we got support back during the flooding uh, this last summer. Sadly, FEMA does not reimburse homeowners for um, floods in their basement or anything like that. That's your property and casualty insurance. Governor, I've got a lot of friends who've tested positive. They've gotten COVID lately. It's that time of the year when you tend to get a spike because of the cold weather, which we're going to get more of this week. What are you hearing about statewide numbers about COVID, RSV, and the flu. Well, first of all, Wayne, it's that season. Uh, no question about it. And we've seen, um, you know, uh, a higher spike in terms of uh, infections of all three of those infectious uh, diseases. What I track very carefully is hospitalizations. And while they're up, we're no, no, nowhere near where we were uh, a year, two years, three years ago. So I'd like to think that uh, because Connecticut is smart, because most of our people did get their vaccinations updated. Everything from flu to RSV to COVID will be a lot less this year than last year and the year before that. Last week, you announced the formation of the Connecticut Interagency Council on Homelessness. How does that work? That means that I look at places like California and New York, where I see homelessness spiking and more and more people living on the streets, and Connecticut wants to stay ahead of that. So, uh, Salem, uh, who runs our uh, Commission on Housing, Department of Housing, is leading the task force. And homelessness is more than a, a roof over your head. Homelessness is also dealing with uh, addiction and mental health issues. Homelessness is also um, maybe helping you get the job skills you need to get back on your feet and uh, be able to take a job and get going again. So that's what the task force is doing, a comprehensive uh, solution. And it starts with more housing, more supportive housing, we're turning, uh, we just turned um, an empty uh, Motel 6 into a housing for the uh, homeless. And you'll leave the light on, too. You also announced a new initiative to promote outdoor recreation economy. What is outdoor recreation? Well, as you know, we got, um, you know, more parks in the state parks and beaches, um, you know, 
nearby than just about any state in terms of uh, uh, frequency. We want to make best use of that. You know, I was just out at Mohawk Mountain, the other part of the state, where uh, they lease this mountain and turn it into a ski resort. And um, we also invented a snowmaking place. You know, you've got close to you Powder Ridge, where a lot of that um, powder is man-made these days. But still, it is open. It's really fun for the kids. So the parks are for passive recreation and for active recreation. One of the great benefits of being in Connecticut. And DEP launching a request for information as an initial step to expand services. Who are they targeting on that RFI? It's really smart. Um, what they're doing is going uh, asking for best ideas. Here are some of the big parks. We're looking for a public-private partnership. Can you think of any um, fun programs? Maybe it's tubing. Maybe it's paddleboarding. I like paddleboarding. Uh, maybe it's camping. Maybe it's skiing. Maybe it's snowboarding. What are the types of things you think would help make uh, these parks a little more uh, relevant and fun for young people in our state? Would that include maybe improving the rail trails? We have an amazing network of those in the state, especially here in eastern Connecticut. Uh, Really true. And what we want to do for for those rail trails, thank you for mentioning that, and the river trails, is better connect our urban downtown areas via a trail to some of these uh, parks and open space. We're going to have a big, it's going to be, they got the Appalachian Trail. We're going to have the Connecticut Trail, where all these towns are interconnected by bike and hiking paths. It's crazy with the snow we had last week, the local rail trails turn into cross-country skiing trails. People really couldn't do the walking they like to do unless they wanted to bring snowshoes out. But I, I did see people that were out there skiing on those rail trails. You've announced an application period for the next round of Connecticut's nonprofit security grant program. This is good news for the folks who run nonprofits locally and throughout the state. How does it work? It works is there's still a lot of uh, stress in our um, our state and our country. Uh, a lot of it has been brought on again by um, the war in Israel and Gaza and a lot of the anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric out there, um, uh, Islamophobia. So what we're trying to do is provide security support for not-for-profits, including houses of worship, including synagogues and mosques, where we can to make people feel safe in a house of worship and more broadly all of our not-for-profits. And some examples of equipment that can be purchased with the grants include ballistic glass, surveillance cameras, solid core doors, double door access, computer-controlled electronic locks, scan card systems, entry door buzzer systems, penetration-resistant vestibules, panic alarms, metal detectors, and real-time communications and multimedia sharing infrastructure. Speaking of communications and multimedia, you've released the draft State Digital Equity Plan. Tell me more about that. I think it's a very relevant to, um, you know, towns in southeast Connecticut, uh, where um, that last mile of broadband access is often not there. So what we've done with a lot of help from our uh, federal delegation is going to map out where all those places are where you don't have high-speed broadband access. Broadband access is not a a luxury. Uh, Broadband access is really vital. We found out during COVID what it means for education, what it means for telework, what it means for telemedicine, and uh, we're going to make sure it is as widely available in terms of broadband what rural electrification was under FDR 100 years ago. 
and people starting to think about doing their taxes, and you've got some pretty good news for the folks who'll be preparing their taxes, don't you? Well, we certainly had the biggest uh, tax cut um, in the history of the state. I really focused on um, essential workers in the middle class, a good 10% tax cut. That's going to represent real savings, make Connecticut a little more affordable. And by the way, um, I like people who fall in love with the state. We've had tens of thousands of new families moving into the state over the last uh, few years. And I, I think it's our parks, our beaches, our school system and maybe lowering taxes that make a difference. Governor, I've been at the governor's mansion a couple of times. You did have an open house during the holiday season, December 8th and December 9th, and people showed up, and you were there to greet them as well. Is that the only time over the course of the year that the mansion is open, or is that done primarily to show off the Christmas decorations? Well, both. Um, You know, I was there, and uh, Jody Rell and Claudia Weicker joined me. Really nice turnout, and... um, you know, the next day I had a Denise Merrill and Eric Russell uh, greeting uh, folks as well. And, and we, you know, we had thousands come through over the course of that week. Uh, in addition, what we do over the course of the year is sometimes not-for-profits come. They, they use this as a showcase, maybe fundraising in and around of some of their causes. Hey, and lastly, uh, you got some chops on the ice. I saw you skating at Bushnell Ice Park with some of the former Hartford Whaler players. Where'd you learn how to skate? Uh, I was a high school hockey player, believe it or not. Um, I felt a little rusty out there, but it was really cool doing it with uh, some of the whalers. And they remembered those days like yesterday. The rink was packed. I think it's open for another week or so. It's just really fun outdoor activity in downtown Hartford. You look good out there on the ice. Governor, as always, thanks for joining me this morning. You're the best, Wayne. See you soon. Ned Lamont, Connecticut Governor, joining us on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.